What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David and Isaac. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies podcast. We are here for a post game. The Memphis Grizzlies take care of business against a shorthanded Sacramento Kings squad. Final score 124 to 105. The Grizzlies improved to 19 11 on the season. They are now closer to the third place Jazz than they are to the fifth place Clippers. It's looking nice, man. What What do you think? Yeah, man, it, it's just amazing what's happening right now, man. You lose Ja, and now you're ten and one uh, in eleven games without him. I um, mean, it, it did it did start off great last night. Uh, for a quarter and a half, man, things were a little dicey there. But I think kind of what we saw was, I think just like us, they were probably reading social media and thinking, I mean, seeing everything that's going on in Sacramento. They shut their facility down. They couldn't even do a shoot around yesterday morning. You had, I think like six guys uh, that, that, that have tested positive or either in, in protocols uh, along with their head coach. And you're probably thinking, man, we're, they're, they're not, we're not going to play this game. Then you get to the arena and, and you look over there and there's only eight guys on the team. They, they're missing their head coach. You're thinking, man, we can just show up and beat these guys. And nah, man, early on Sacramento wasn't having any of that. They're, they're fired up because of this situation. And, and they came out playing well. Uh, I mean, you had guys, Halliburton playing, shooting the basketball well, Harrison Barnes. Uh, playing well, I man, knocking down threes. Metu early in the game was, was was playing really well, but I think eventually, right midway through that second quarter, the Grizzlies started to take this one seriously. And you figure with, with eight guys, eventually they're going to get some tired legs. And Grizzlies picked up on the defensive ends, kind of spearheaded by by De'Anthony Melton there in the second quarter, uh, turning some defense and offense, man, getting some steals, deflections, getting out, getting up and down the court. And, and once that happened, the, the Grizzlies kind of boat raced them from there. Uh, to, I mean, I think. You kind of look at this game, and I think Sacramento's Doug Christie, I don't think they played this game well. I think Metu, especially there in the second half, man, kind of a ball haul when you got guys and you're in a situation, you got your veteran guys like Harrison Barnes and Halliburton's not a veteran, but he, he's one of their better players as well as Buddy Hill, and they're not getting the ball. Metu seemed to be taking all the shots. I think that was a bad strategy for him. But again, man, Christie's get the win, man, 124-105, and, and they continue this and, and got a game tomorrow night against the Blazers chance to beat them for the second time in a week so it's 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 a uh, coming up roses in grizzlies land right now man we're all happy excited about this and like you said now only two games behind utah who took took a loss to the san antonio spurs last night yeah it's it's crazy how well they've been playing i i went through and dug up some of the numbers just because i you know obviously i've been watching the game so i've been seeing how well they're playing but sometimes it just doesn't register as to how well they are actually playing Right now, like during this 11 game stretch, they are they're averaging 114.5 points per game. That's third in the league. They are uh, second in the league in offensive rebounds at 12.8. They're the best rebounding team in the league. Top 10 in assists, first in steals per game, third in blocks. Uh, their plus minus is 18.6 over this 11 game stretch. That's good for first in the league. Um, defensive rating 96.9. Four points better than the, the second place team and their top 10 in pace just insane they're doing a lot of things right and, and you yeah you you have to give the guys credit but man this coaching staff I I know that you know we, we talk about it but the swing from you know three weeks four weeks ago you know we're talking there, there's guys there's people I'm seeing plenty of people Jenkins needs to be fired. He's a terrible coach. He doesn't know what he's doing to, you know, now they're 10 and one in their last 11 and those type of critics have been silenced. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and to go back to those numbers uh, that you just ran through, the one, they're all super impressive, especially from where they were early in the season. If you had looked at those numbers, uh, and I hate to, hate to say this because I'm not saying they're a better team because Jaw's out, but free Jaw when they were losing those games, those numbers would have looked a lot different. But the one, the one that really stands out to me is the rebounding because, I mean, you know you have Steven Adams, and he's really picked it up uh, on the rebounding side. I mean, he, he was pretty good rebounding already, but lately he, he's been double digits almost every game. But you have a, a guy next to him and Jared Jackson Jr., who's one of his biggest criticisms has been he doesn't rebound the basketball. So to see this team number one in rebounding just lets you know what Stephen Adams is doing, how Jared has improved, and, and what the other guys are doing, what the guards are doing, what Kyle Anderson. These guys are cleaning the boards as well. So I mean, I think that's a fantastic number uh, for for this team to be number one in the league, especially when your when your power forward is known as a guy that that's not a particularly good rebounder. Yeah, they had six guys last night with six or more rebounds. I mean, Ty Jones even had six. I mean, yeah. this mean your point guard getting six. So it, it is a it's a team rebounding effort, and and that's it's encouraging to see because of rebounding. You know, quote unquote, being a weakness for Jaron. Seeing these other guys step up and, and help. You know, when Jaron is playing the five, they know they have to team rebound. Jaron knows when he's at the five, he has to be more aggressive on the boards. And, and it's translated like these guys are, they're in on it. They, they know what they need to do and they're doing their job. And it's just, it's impressive as hell, man. Yeah, man. When you look out his box board, Tyus Jones, six, uh, Bain only two, but Brooks with six, uh, Jaron with six, Steven Adams with 12, Kyle off the bench with six. Um, you got X coming off the bench with seven. I mean, Melton with three. I mean, I mean, this, it is a team effort, uh, on the boards, man. And, and I think that's a big reason why this team is, been, been so good offensively. I mean, because they're getting offensive rebounds and they're getting second chance points. They're really, really been cashing in on those uh, as of late. And again, man, it's good to see. And it goes to the team mentality. And, and a lot of people talk about when you see a lot of guys, when teams' best players go down, they struggle. Uh, but I think what they've created here at Memphis is a culture. I think there really is a Grizzlies culture. And, and it does, it's a testament to this coaching staff and what they've created. Because I mean, you, you're not going to see this. When, when you miss a guy like Ja, Teams aren't going to go ten and one when, when they lose a guy like that. I mean, you and, and I mean, and, and he's playing deep bench guys, guys that won't even get minutes now. And all these guys are coming in and being productive. I mean, that's just not something. I don't think people, a lot of people, fully realize what's happening here and, and how special this is. What's going on? I mean, you have these guys that coming in that won't even get minutes early in the season. I mean, being big time contributors in big moments, it's, it's not like these are they're coming in in garbage time. These guys are playing rotation minutes right now. And being productive, guys like like Tilly uh, is just coming in and playing really well. Contral, who's even playing more now, X is coming in and getting minutes uh, and, and playing well. I mean, it's just just fantastic to see. I mean, you just hope that when when Ja comes back, they find a way to make all this work because if, if they can do that, man, this this team is dangerous. I mean, I, you talk about people say, "Oh, well, I think the four seeds are ceiling." I'm not thinking like that. I mean, they this team has a win over over Utah in Utah. I know Utah is a fantastic team. But, I mean, you see what the Grizzlies are doing right now. I mean, Utah has a 1-10 the last, last 11. I mean, they've won. I think they lost, as I said, so that would be 8-10. and 10. Uh, But but they have their full roster. You see what the Grizzlies are doing without a guy that's averaging 25 points a game. You add him back in and you make this work, man. Why can't they be the 3 seed? I mean, it's I know that sounds crazy, and I know nobody thought that coming into the season. But, I mean, we are where we are, and, and we've seen some special things from this team, and I'm not putting a ceiling on it. So do you think uh, not putting the ceiling on them, do you think, are you thinking that maybe 
there's been enough growth that they're going to get into the playoffs and be competitive there? You you think we could see them make a run in, in the playoffs? So, especially if they get home court advantage, if they hit up three, three, three or four spot, I, I think they definitely have a chance to to win a series. And I don't know. I, I think, and I'm one of the, uh, I'm, I'm glass half full guy. I'm optimistic, and I felt like I said 45 wins when the season started, but I, I didn't think they would be in position to win a playoff series. But the internal growth that we talked about, what you see from Bain and, and the strides that that Brooks Brooks has made, and the depth these guys right now are getting playing time, which is going to make them better because. When, when John comes back, if their number has to be called, they're ready to go. I think that really helps your bench because these these guys are getting to play. I, I mean, I I really do. If they get home court advantage, man, I I feel like they have an opportunity to win the series. And I, I'm not sure anybody, even the most optimistic uh, person covering the team or fan, felt like that coming into the season. And, and I think they really do have a shot at that. I mean, you look at the teams that are below them, none of those teams really scare me. I, I mean, the Clippers, unless they get Kawhi back, we don't know what's, what's going to happen with that. Uh, but but the Nuggets are now without Michael Porter Jr. without Jamal Murray. Um, I mean, none of these teams really scare me, especially with the Grizz possibly having home court advantage. The Lakers don't even scare me. I know you kind of look all there and see the see the names on that team. But I mean, I talked to kind of talked to you about that last night. I, I I'm I mean, I don't think that team. I just think, and it is, we're not going to turn this into a Lakers podcast. But I just don't think that team's it, man. I just think it, it's a bad fit. They're old. Uh, they, they don't have a bench. I mean, they have a lot, a lot of issues on that team. And I think that team's going to have a first-round exit. I think they'll get in. I think they'll be in the play-in. They'll possibly get into the playoffs. But I, I think it's going to be a kind of a quick exit. And I know that's crazy looking at that team with, with those that Hall of Fame possible players in the future on it. But it, it's just not looking good, man. I think they'll get it together somewhat. But I think they have some flaws that just can't be fixed. And they don't have any flexibility. So when I look down under the grids and look at some of these, these teams, man, none of these teams really – really scared me. So if the Grizzlies could finish in third and fourth and get home court advantage, I, I like their chances to be in the second round. Now, anything beyond that, you really getting crazy, but, but who knows, man, you, you get there and you'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I'm on the same page as you as, you know, I, I'm not scared of any of the teams below them. Um, you know, it, I, I think the Lakers have got a lot of stuff to work out. That's essentially a new roster. You, you carry it over uh, what LeBron AD and, Man, I don't even know. I don't follow that team close enough. I know that they had a ton of new guys coming in. You know, obviously Dwight Howard was there when they won the title, and he left and came back. And, you know, um, just a lot of moving parts in that roster. So I think that uh, they've got a lot to work out there, but uh, I, I'm not afraid of them. And I don't think that this uh, this team is scared of anybody. They, they go out there night in, night out, and they're competing. They're fighting. They got each other's backs. They put the belt to the metal. They don't. They don't yeah. hold back, and I think that's something that you don't. We we we've seen this team for years be a team that kind of takes their foot off the gas. Not this year. That's not what they've been doing. When they get an opportunity to run off, man, they run off. They'll put 140 on your head, man. They're not. <laughs> they're not pulling back, man. It's belt to the metal once they once they get going. Yeah, and, and they're not struggling on the road. They started off kind of rough on the road, but you know they're three games above 500. Yeah, the they're eight and five on the road right now. So. You know, they can definitely go in. Like you said, they got that win at, at Utah, and, and that's that's tough to do. So, you know, um, you never know, I guess. I, I wouldn't have thought heading into the season with the moves that got made that we would be seeing this team where they're at right now. Um, and it's not that I thought that they would be way down, buried, or anything. I thought that we would see some growth from guys. 
but I never would have guessed that they would have been sitting in the four seed with a chance to, you know, actually be fighting to get in the top three of the Western Conference. They would be sitting in second place. Second place, yeah. They have a better record than the Milwaukee Bucks right now. (laughs) So, So. you know, there's probably not anybody prior to the season, maybe out, you know, maybe inside the locker room there was. But, you know, outside of that locker room, there was probably not anybody that thought they'd be where they are right now. I was thinking in the post-game press conference, I think it was Melton last night that was talking about uh, Desmond Bain and, and talking about ebbs and flows. And, like, he, he's preached that to the team. And they really embraced the, the idea that never get too high on the high, never too low on the lows. And that's why they've been able to kind of weather storms when they get down double digits. They kind of fall back on that concept of like, man, we're fine, man. We can get back into this game. We believe in our talent. Um, and we believe in guys that are on the floor and that we can do this. And he said they really embraced that. And, You've seen that uh, on, on the floor. Like, they don't panic when, when they get down. I know fans kind of kind of tend to get panic. Oh, we're down by double digits. We're shorthanded. Like, it was it was a little ominous early in that game last night. But next thing you know, it's kind of the same thing in the Portland game. Portland came out and kind of threw a punch early. Uh, Grizzlies were down double digits. Next thing you know, the Grizzlies up double digits. Um, and that's just kind of what we've seen when they get down. Now, a lot of games, they don't even get down. But uh, when, when they do get down, they, they've shown the, the sense of not panicking. And they've been able to get back in the game pretty easily. Next thing you know, they're running off on teams. And Melton said that that comes a lot from from Delton, Devin, Desmond Bain preaching to them, kind of the ebbs and flow thing. Yeah, you know, and that's a that's a huge maturation process, just even from the beginning of this season to where they're at now, because early in the season, when they would get Completely down, different. man, yeah. yeah, you know, it, it's like they would get defeated out there, and now they hit that stride where they can take that punch and just kind of roll with it. You know, you're talking about Bain. I was looking up the numbers over this, uh, the last 10 games from Jaron Bain and Brooks. Cause we talked about that when Ja went down and what they needed these guys to do Jaron over the last 10, he's uh, just under 20 points a game, five rebounds, one assist, one steal, two blocks. And his net rating is uh plus 11.6. Desmond Bain, 18.3 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, 2.8 assists. He's just over a steal a game. He's shooting 47% from three, and he's plus 5.8. And Dylan Brooks, 18.9, four rebounds, three assists, one and a half steals, and he's plus 10.1. So the three guys that you needed to step up when your leader goes down have all done that. And, and, you know, you may even say – more so than what you expected. Yeah, I mean, and, and you look at these numbers, and it's second. I mean, you look at this pretty much every game. It was kind of similar in the Portland game. I can't remember exactly what the numbers were, but you look at the DB brothers and their combined stats. I mean, 47 points, eight rebounds, and six or eight from three uh, combined last night. I mean, that's just ridiculous for, for, for those two guys to be putting up those kind of numbers. And, and we said if Jaron, Bain, and Brooks were the three guys that need to step up, and they have absolutely – done that uh they've, they've come up in, in spades of what, what they've done since uh jaw's been out and i just love the energy and the swagger on this team and i think it, it's led by De- uh dylan brooks he kind of brings that injury and they kind of feed off of it this team definitely i mean they're not just out there winning games they they want to put the foot on your throat i mean that's kind of what they do i mean this mentality i mean they're not not gonna gonna back down on anybody i mean you see a lot of young teams uh, come out and get pumped. That's not going to happen with this team. I mean, this team ha- has a lot of swagger, uh, and they play the game with, with a passion and intensity that I I love. I mean, it's so fun to watch when they get going. Yeah, um, you know, last night, and 
in the post game, Melton was asked about, uh, you know, coming off that bench with Kyle Anderson and what that does. And, and he taught, he said him and Kyle talk about it all the time you know, that they're able to, to come off the bench and be so effective. And, and those guys, Kyle Anderson and, and DeAnthony Melton, I think that they were really the catalyst last night that, that, that started this team, you know, after the Kings came out playing more physical, you know, just like uh, essentially – that, like beginning of the game, the Kings looked like they were going to beat the Grizzlies, and both of us were a little bit concerned. We're like, "Man, come on, you cannot lose to this team down, you know, six guys, including some of their best players." And, and here we are, starting off slow, and then you know, Anderson and, and Melton come in. Those guys ended up uh, a combined plus fifty six last night. Um, just incredible energy from the bench and. I, I just I want to see DeAnthony Melton keep this same type of energy, same type of role whenever Josh yeah. comes back. You, yeah. gen, you generally see Melton kind of fall back, um, not necessarily offensively, but but like his minutes whenever Josh comes back. Yeah, there's not going to be as many necessarily available. But when Ja comes back, I would rather see Melton stay around that 22 to 24-minute range because of the energy and how disruptive he is on the ball as opposed to Tyus seeing, you know, and Tyus is playing great. And, you know, this is not a bash, bash on Tyus. Tyus was plus 21 last night. But I, I would like to see Melton continue to get these minutes because of the effect that he's having on the game when he's in there. Yeah, I 100% agree because, I mean, we've seen Melton at times. It seems like it, when anything changes with him, his role changes a little bit uh, or he's been starting because somebody's hurt and then he comes off the bench. Or any Anytime his role changes a little bit, he kind of reverts back to the, the player that struggles a bit. I mean, that, that's been the thing with him. I mean, there are times where he looks like one of the better two-way two players in the league and then he kind of goes into a shell um, and, and can't make shots. And I think he always brings the effort on the defensive end. That's something that he always does. But offensively, there's been some inconsistencies there. But, like, shooting the basketball, he'll be shooting the basketball high 40s at one time, and then he'll go back into the low 30s. I mean, sometimes he just goes back and forth. And I agree, I hope when Ja comes back, and because his minutes are, are probably going to be cut some, I just think it's just inevitable that he's not going to be playing 20, 25. What did he play last night? Um uh, 23 minutes. I mean, that might get cut down to 18. I I, I would like to see him keep playing because I think the, the impact, like you said, I mean, when he him and Kyle came in that game last night, that's what kind of changed the game. I mean, he had to melt and got some deflections. They were able to get out and run, turn defense into offense, and I think that's when this team was at their best, and that's kind of what jump-started their run. Everybody else got involved once that happened. Uh, I mean, he means a lot to this team, and this team is a lot better when he's playing like that So because he, he comes off the bench and, and brings that energy, and I'm hoping all this stuff continues when Jock comes back. Xavier Tillman pretty much even admitted uh, they kind of asked him about kind of how this team is won when Jock's been out, and he, and he said that he doesn't believe it, it. They're not a better team when Jock's out, but he said that they felt like they might play harder. And I thought that was kind of telling. I'm like, man, well, when, why why can't you play with the same intensity when Jock's there? I mean, that's what we need to see because if that happens, I mean, you're putting yourself in a total different bracket. Uh, if that happens. But I think that was kind of revealing to kind of some of the questions that we've asked. And, and I, I thought that's kind of the reason why I've come up with I feel like when, when Job went out, all these guys felt like individually, well, I got to do more and we have to do more 
to, to collectively to to kind of make up that gap. So I thought that was kind of telling that he said that. Yeah, you know, to a certain extent, you can't if you play with an insane amount of energy all the time, then whenever the games really matter late in the season and in the playoffs, you wear yourself out, run out of gas by the time you get to the playoffs. But, you know, you would think that they would be able to play at the the same level whenever Ja was there. But it's just a mental. So much of this game is mental. And that's something I was going to ask you about, Melton. Do you think that when his minutes get back down around that 17, 18, you know, like just below 20 mark, do you think that does something to him mentally? Do you think he's thinking about that, like maybe pressing a little bit, trying to earn more minutes? Well, well we're quick breaking news, not in Grizz news, but Kevin Durant just went into protocols. That just came across from, from Woj, Woj bomb. It seems like that's been pretty much, I mean, this is like draft night except with, with COVID. Every second it seems like some another guy's going into protocols. Hopefully – we can avoid that with the Grizzlies. I was going to say the Grizzlies walked out of uh, Golden Corral, one center, whatever they call it now, with a win. I hope that's all they walked out of there with, man. I was not going to get into the, to the COVID thing, but I, I was didn't think they were going to play this game, and I was kind of kind of nervous about it. But hopefully that's not the case, man, because you don't need that to derail in the Grizzlies run right now. But but as far as Melton, I think I think that could be a little bit of it. I think when his minutes are going down, I think he feels like okay, well, I have a shorter time to come out here. and, Prove what I can do, and I, I think that you can can press like that. You can take bad shots, force some shots up. Uh, feel like you have to do more in, in, in a short amount of time. I definitely think that could be a part of it. Uh, but again, man, he means so much to this team because of what he does on both ends. I mean, those threes he hits, those threes they're huge for this team. They seem to always be in huge spots when they really need them. When he knocks down those threes, man, he gets deflections, gets steals, and, and we talk about Dylan Brooks and the injury that he brings in the team kind of feeds off of that. I think the same thing. I think uh, Melton and Cal have a little bit of that as well. Uh, when, when they get going, I think it, it, they, the team feeds off that as well. So they're going to need that, and hopefully that continues. But I, but I agree. I think that could be a, a part of it. Uh, when, when, when his minutes are down, he feels like he has to do more. I think when he's playing 23, 24 minutes, I think he might go out and play a little bit more free than he does when, when, when his minutes are down. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll kind of go back to the COVID thing just a little bit here. And, and again, we're not going to hammer on this, but so, something that you have to consider, the the reason that we're seeing more positives right now, obviously, you know, the new variant of it, that, that makes a difference. But the, the number of tests that they were doing has increased. You know, they we, we watched as the deadline kind of got here and you saw um, where players that got a certain vaccine – um, we're going to have to start being tested. So more people are being tested right now. That's why you're seeing these positives. Um, but it, it's it's just crazy to me that we're two years into this and still fighting the same crap. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen with the protocols. I know, um, you know there's been talks about the NBA kind of tightening that up. Um, the owners have, you know, been on record saying that they want to try and avoid – any type of shutdown, you know, I don't know that anybody wants to go back to a bubble situation because that, that had to be tough, you know, being, you know, for the entire time that they were down there, they were isolated from everybody outside of their teammates. But I, I don't know where that line is, man. That's not for me to decide. I, you know, I'm glad that's not on me. But, you know, any time that you have more testing, any time that the testing ramps up, you're going to see more positives. 
I did not expect, however, for it to be like yeah, it is right. wild. Like I, I thought that we may see more more positives kind of here and there. But you know, you had the, the Bulls got shut down for a couple games. The King this Kings game very well could have been postponed because of the amount of Kings players that were down. And I don't know what number that makes for the uh, the Nets right now, but they've got they've got a few guys in, in protocols. Uh, Miles McBride, uh, a smaller name, he yeah, got you know he was Knicks. one that was uh, for the Knicks that went into protocols. It just keeps you know it stacking up. More and more guys are are testing positive, and you know it, it it's all speculation. We haven't heard anything in stone yet from the league about what they're going to do. But I, I saw something the other day where they, they had considered letting guys that are, that were positive that were, but that were asymptomatic play anyway. Yeah. And man, there's, there's so many risks, man. And that's, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go down that path. We're not going to have go too deep into that conversation. Cause it's, it's, it's pretty slippery slope there, but it just, just wild stuff. The guys that have to make these decisions, man, they've got to be stressing right now because they're getting to the point like you're you're at the brink of you know a big decision is going to have to be made because I, I don't know how many positive you know with, with Durant going into the protocols, I don't know how many that makes total, but it it's been a ton over this last week, and so big, big decisions are going to have to happen on that front. Yeah, I mean, I think they uh, made a put a percentage out, and I think this is the highest. Even from when it first started, this is the worst that it's been uh, in the NBA. And I kind of tweeted out uh, the other day that I, I felt like they might need to hit the pause button. And I wasn't saying complete shutdown or go back into a bubble or anything. And people kind of a lot of people kind of jumped all over me. I mean, some people agree, some people don't. I mean, it's a very polarizing issue. Uh, that's why I don't want to go deep down that rabbit hole on here. But it's it's a tough situation. And I think I think right now, I think the NBA is doing everything they can to to save those Christmas games, man. They don't want to miss those advertising dollars. So they're kind of trying to let this play out. But I think at some point, man, you have to evaluate, man. So many guys are are getting it. And I mean, I, and I know they said athletes don't don't get sick from it and, and all that kind of thing. But they, they have families. They have lives outside of this. They're, you know, compromised people out in the world. And I mean, it's just a tough situation. I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. It's a lot of, it's a lot of money that you're dealing with. And it's just a tough situation, man. I wouldn't want to be the person making these decisions, but I think at some point you have to value, man, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, can we keep going with this? Cause I mean, it's like spreading like wildfire. I mean, you have the coaches getting into staff members. I mean, it's, it's wild, man. And, and again, man, every, every 10 to 15 minutes, it seems like Woj and Sam's are tweeting out another guy's going to nail protocols and, and it's craziness right now. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out, man. But I, I think they're going to try to push through to at least Christmas. And after then I, I could possibly see, something happening we'll see hopefully not because that's not what any of us want i mean i i, I that's not I me mean, covering a team being a fan of, of, of sports and basketball i don't think anybody wants to shut down i think some people are saying like some people like want to shut down i don't know why that would be the case but again i mean it, it's it, it, every 10 minutes man hopefully the grizzlies can avoid this but it, it just seems like every team's probably dealing with a little bit of it right now man but hopefully it, it gets better yeah, with all the positives, it's almost inevitable that, that the Grizzlies will face some of this at, at one point or another. Um, hopefully, with, with changes that are being made, they can limit that. But we, we will see how that pans out. Um, we'll, we'll roll back into the game here. 
uh, you were talking about Me Too from, uh, you know, from the the Kings and him kind of, uh, you know, taking the majority. Of the yeah, in the, in the, in well, the I, I didn't half. get it, man. <laughs> that's wild to me but if you remember like when we first really heard about me too is when the this stuff went down with jv the you know yeah. um King, <laughs> king's fans call it a dirty play and you know it's the, the, there was a lot i i guess when, when i first saw it happen i was like now nah, i wasn't that dirty and then after i go back and i watch the video now i'm like yeah man it, it was scary <laughs> It was yeah. scary to say at least the power bomb from JV or whatever you want to call it. Um, so glad to see him kind of bouncing back from that. He, he ended up with a double double 18 and 11 last night for the Kings. Um, who do the Grizzlies like? We, we talk about depth, you know, and, and me too as a guy that's, that's a depth player for the Kings. If the Grizzlies get into something like this where, you know, they're missing a number of guys. Do you feel like they're going to have somebody? And obviously, you know, with, with Jai out, everybody's kind of stepping up. But, you know, you you see – if you see more of these guys going down, do you feel like there's somebody coming off of the bench right now that that has that uh, that second gear that we hadn't really seen yet? Hey, that, that's an interesting question. I mean, I guess guys – I mean, because the thing about it is they're, they're kind of playing all their deaf guys right now. I mean, I guess we have guys like Conchon who have definitely stepped up in, in times, I think, David Tillman is a guy that could, could can put up bigger numbers if he's forced into a, a more prominent role. Um, I mean, even Culver, who was a guy who 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 has struggled a lot, even that Lakers game, you saw him come in, and I think there's a little bit that he can do, man. He can do a lot on the defensive end, and I think that's where his most potential is. But he's even shown some some moxie on the offensive end uh, since since he's been able to come come in and get some minutes. So I mean, I think there are guys on this team. I honestly think this might be. I think this is the one. Grizzlies are one of the deep, deepest teams in the league. I think that. No question at this point that they're ten and one and having to play their lower roster guys uh, significant minutes. I think that they've shown that, uh, but I, I think those are kind of the guys. The guys I just named outside of I mean, if you're not going to bring guys like Kyle and Melton into it, I think those are kind of the, the three guys that I would look at as guys that could possibly step up and do more. Um, I think X and Conchar, especially, are guys that could could come in and have a big night. Could, could possibly score 18, 20 points at that if they needed to be, uh, if, if you were like missing, like all your guys, I think those are some guys that could come in and, and step up and, and elevate a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, Killian Tilly. Is Tilly guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, I didn't like mention he, Tilly. Um, and, I mean, he had eight college, points last night. Yeah. You yeah. know, like he, he was a guy in college that could really fill it up whenever he was healthy. So I, I think that he's a guy that could do that for him. And he, and he's played well during the stretch, you know, he, John Moran is out, and we obviously we focus on that a lot. But um, you know, you're also missing Brandon Clark, a, a guy that's a, a rotation player, and Kyle Anderson's been in and out of this rotation. He's been in and out of uh, you know with injuries. Zaire Williams, another rotation guy that's been down for a little bit. He came back for one game and then then rolled his ankle, and he's been kind of shut down since then. But you know, I think that the Grizzlies definitely do have the depth to kind of overcome something like that. I hope it doesn't come to that, but we'll see how that works out. Um, well, I was going to say real quick, one thing that I, I do kind of hate is that Zaire Williams is not available during this time because I think this would have been great for him. He probably minutes would have gone up. I think this would have been a tremendous time for him to, to kind of get in there and, and, and get, get some more playing time. And I kind of hate that he's missing missing this time. Uh, because I mean, I think this would have been great for him, and it seems like I mean, it's weird because I think 
this was probably a week and a half ago, Taylor Jenkins was like, oh, well, he avoided significant injury. Uh, that this is not anything concerning at all. He's still out, but we're not going to get back into that. But you know my thoughts on on that and the Grizzlies with, with injuries. But, I mean, I, I kind of hate that he's not been able to, to play during this time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This would have been great developmental minutes for him. Man, not much else on this game for me tonight. You know, like I said, Grizzlies take care of business. Uh, you know, we haven't we hadn't ran th- uh, through the team stats from this game. Do you, you got those pulled up, or you need me to get them? Yeah, yeah, I got them. I mean, it was something. God, it was something I was about to mention. And I forgot it. It's on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember what I was about to say. I had a point about something about last night. But uh, look, look at the team stats. Uh, Grizzlies forty five of ninety seven for forty six point four percent. Sacramento thirty six of eighty eight. 40.9%. And I've talked about that throughout the season. The, the Grizzlies, and, and this always seems to be, if you look, go back and look at the box boards, you'll see this a lot. Teams don't get a lot of shots off against the Grizzlies. I mean, it's it's a theme. It's, it's become a point to where this is some, like a thing. It's not like you see it some games. It's almost exclusively. Like if you look at the number of shots the Grizzlies get up and the number of shots that the other team gets up, Grizzlies always have a significant amount of more attempts uh, than their opponents. So that's something that I've noticed throughout the year. Uh, same thing last night. Grizzlies with nine more shots on goal uh, than Sacramento last night. Uh, you look at the three-point numbers. Grizzlies really good last night. Really super efficient, thirteen to twenty-four for fifty-four point two percent. Sacramento with the same amount of makes at thirteen, uh, but but eleven more attempts at thirty-five for thirty-seven point one percent. Free throw line twenty-one of twenty-seven for the Grizzlies, seventy-seven point eight percent. Sacramento twenty of twenty-six for seventy-six point nine percent. Grizzlies man win the rebounding battle as they do. On seemingly a nightly basis, 50 to 45, uh, when the offensive rebounds 12 to 10. Uh, Grizzlies 25 assists, Sacramento 21. Uh, steals, Grizzlies 11 to 5. Blocks, uh, Sacramento 6 to 3. Turnovers, uh, 13, only 13 for the Grizzlies, 18 for Sacramento. Grizzlies 31 points off Sacramento's 18 turnovers. It was big in that game. One of the big reasons they were able to get back in that game in that second quarter. Uh, fast break points, 20 to 18, Grizz. And big work in the paint for the Grizzlies last night, 60 points. Um, in the paint to 36 for Sacramento. Yep, this is a good team win from the Grizzlies, and this this is a game that they should have won. Even if the Kings are healthy, the Grizzlies are a better team. Um, you know, they, they took care of business. Glad to see that. So next next game uh, Sunday at home, back at the Forum against the Trailblazers. Be watching for updates on the Grizzlies to see. If after you know the outbreak of of COVID yeah, man. in Sacramento, I'm, I'm, if we see any effects of that on the Grizzly squad, nervous man. <laughs> yeah, I, I am worried about it as well. We appreciate you guys tuning in, Isaac. You got anything else before we get out of here, man? I was gonna say, man, those those Sunday afternoon games scare me. Uh, but historically, if you kind of look back, the Grizzlies have not played well in those five o'clock Sunday games. Hopefully, that changes tomorrow because I think it's a big opportunity for them. Uh, to get a second win. I mean, it's the season series with Portland's tied. They got the win out in Portland earlier this week. Portland finally got out this night and got a win last night. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of glad that they, they're they not still on their losing streak. I mean, they got a win, so maybe they, they're not really coming in with backs against the wall, even though they need all the wins they can get. I kind of like the fact that they won last night. Uh, but hopefully the Grizzlies have an opportunity to go 2-1 in their series. I don't necessarily think Portland's going to be up in that spot where the Grizzlies are competing with them for the season, but you never know. But I just think the Portland, that Portland team's on the brink, man. I think some decisions are going to be made there. But, uh, again, people kind of talk about maybe the Grizzlies are the team that kind of forces that change. But we'll see what happens. But I'm excited about that game on Friday night, on, on Sunday, tomorrow night. Uh, I always love when the Grizzlies and Blazers get together because these teams don't don't like each other. Uh, so that should be a fun matchup. 
Well, I, I think that this is a, a prime example of, you know, things get crazy and, and people are calling for the coach's head. And you look at, you know, where this Blazers team had been with Stotts at the helm, they make a coaching change. And and now the struggle is, is, is more so this year. They've had some, you know, some issues that are outside of their control. But it, it's just, uh, you know, it's not been a great year for Portland. And, and Dame has missed some time. C.J. McCollum is out right now with a, a collapsed lung. I don't know how close he is to coming back. But it, it's sometimes a coaching change is not the answer. And I don't know if that was going to be the answer for the Trailblazers. They didn't really make many, many changes roster-wise whenever it comes down to it. So we, we, we will uh, we'll get to see over, over the course of time whether this head coaching change was a positive or not. And, you know, if, if they blow it up, you obviously can't tell if that was the right decision. But it, it's just – I get basically. I'm just saying the grass is not always greener on the other side, you know. Like, yeah. That, I, well, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was no, going to say, I'm uh, talking with uh, my guy Mike Weisenberg, a good friend of the program. You can find him on Twitter at NBA Draft Mikey V. Man, he definitely, definitely knows his stuff. He's an Oregon alum and, and a Trailblazers fan. He was at the game the other night, and I was kind of talking to him back and forth, and he he kind of agrees with me. Man, he said it, it, it's time to, to time to blow this up. Um, I mean, Dame kind of doubled down on his loyalty. To, to Portland, man, he wants to be there. I mean, I, I kind of think that for him and for the Blazers, it, it, it's time to, to move on. But, but, I mean, he seems to, against all odds, want to stay there. And they've tried. I mean, they they spent money. They became, went out and brought in Norman Powell, which I was kind of surprised in that they took on that contract. They've done what they could. But, I mean, they just have a lot of issues. The front office, I mean, front office change, they, that's in flux right now. Um, and, and Mike said that, that, that people up there aren't happy. Uh, with, with Chauncey Bills. I mean, that, that whole thing started off rocky with the sexual assault allegations, all that stuff, and having a fan base didn't want us. I mean, they got a lot of lot of stuff uh, going, going on with that team. But we'll we'll see how it plays out. But, again, man, I, I think the best route for them now is, is, is to break it up. I just don't think that they're going to be able to have success with the group that they have now because, I mean, they don't have a lot of assets now to kind of go out and add anything else more to it. I mean, I know they've had a lot of injuries, and that – plays a part in it, but I, I just don't think that team is good enough to, to get over the hump. Um, I, I think they've kind of maxed out. I mean, they had the year where they went to the Western Conference Finals, and I think that's probably going to be the apex uh, of what that con- this group does. I think C.J. McCollum, and, we, and we've talked about this the other, the other day, they have a lot of guys that kind of do the same thing, and I think that roster construction isn't great. But again, man, we'll, we'll see what happens. They have a lot of injuries. We'll see when guys get back, but I, I just don't think that particular roster is going to be able to get it done. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Get out of here. Appreciate you guys tuning in. You can get me on Twitter at dwill2111. The show is at Ethos Grizzlies, E-T-H-O-S, Ethos Grizzlies. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, man. You can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Again, the Grizzlies take on the Portland Trailblazers tomorrow night. And what was their next day? They play them back-to-back on Monday, right? Yeah, they got the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, team who they beat by 73 points coming in here on Monday night. So that's going to be interesting to see if the Thunder are going to be be out for revenge or what, what they can do in that one. So that should be fun. So we should be back uh, sometime early next week to kind of review both of those games. Uh, and again, man, we thank everybody for, for tuning in. Then go over there and see those Grizzlies give us a follow. We appreciate that. And until next time, we gone.